Alright, welcome back to Magic with a K. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alex. And today we're going to be talking about Easter, Istara, all kinds of different stuff like that. Basically, for kind of the spring equinox type of deal. Uh, obviously for, you know, the Christians obviously practiced Easter. And then you've got some still some leftover pagan rituals that go with that. Yes, y'all do. And so that's why we're going to talk about that today. We Like I said, we originally had made out what we were doing and stuff like that it was way back when that would have actually been basically in conjunction with that whole deal but with life happening and everything else that kind of got put on the back burner so now we're going to talk about it anyways because we did have that in the list so we're yeah. going to go ahead and speak on that we're going to also talk a little bit on some other holidays mm -hmm. and some of the pagan influences on uh, modern christian holidays right so a lot of this as we've talked about before you know the when Christianity started taking over and started taking really over a lot of stuff in Europe, even some in the Middle East, they started incorporating all these different things because of the fact that it was just easier to get people in the doors of the church when you were putting them over, you know, old pagan sites. You know, as someone who did the process in reverse, who left mm -hmm. Christianity and came to paganism, not having to give up egg hunts and trees mm. in my house mm -hmm. made that process easier so right. I could see I can see it oh yeah um, now it was pretty interesting to kind of take those appropriated things and unappropriate them I suppose <laughs> or re-reappropriate them right um, uh, but yeah so I can easily see how it was an effective tool because I did the thing in reverse and it, it definitely, because trying to explain to my kids who grow up in this very Christian environment that we're not going to celebrate Christmas <laughs> would have been really, really hard for them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a it's so ingrained into the modern American way of doing things that there's no way. I mean, even, and I, uh, you know, I've talked to some uh, Jewish friends and stuff like that, and I mean... Christmas dominates so much of everything, especially, I mean, now, of course, it starts in, like, you know, September, yeah. but it's one of those, it, it really did, I mean, it, it dominates at least about two months, if not three months out of the year, oh, yeah. you've well, got Christmas on the brain. I've got a very good friend who's Jewish, and she says all the time, Hanukkah yeah. is a minor regional holiday. Right. It is not a big deal in Judaism. Right. Now, not trying to speak for Jewish people, I'm repeating what has been informed to me. <laughs> um, but, she says that it's not that big a holiday, it just happens to coincidentally happen similar time frame to Christmas, so therefore in a very Christian culture like America, it becomes this big deal. Mm -hmm. It is actually not traditionally even a gift-giving holiday. We only do it because they only do it gifts on Hanukkah because their kids are surrounded by the Christians. Right. And, after you know, all... Which is interesting because Yule is oh. also not traditionally a gift-giving holiday. Right. Our gift-giving holiday is Samhain. Right. But my kids have never gotten Samhain gifts, and they've always gotten Yule gifts. Right, because, of course, what do you do on Samhain? Oh, uh, stay up till midnight and do all sorts of rituals. But well, we do an ancestor feast. Well, that and, of course, you know... It's one of those, we, <laughs> we, we, we hang out, uh, like we've talked about before, 
And, yeah, of course, the, the feast stuff is always great. Uh, but it's also the, you know, you you do the traditional American stuff. Yes, we do. So we do we trick you, or treat. Trick or treat. My right. kids are a little bit too old for it now. Well, yeah. Um, but, yeah, my kids have gone trick or treating um, barring pandemic lockdowns. So right. They've gone trick or treating every year of their, you know, youth. Right. And so, therefore, and it's like, for instance, you know, uh, we go around to the trunk or treat stuff, still do that, because, of course, you know, I've got a, a, a younger one that can still participate and still enjoys it. And, of course, we all still dress up. We do that every year, which is a lot of fun. But that's the whole thing. It's just like with Easter. So, for instance, and we had talked about this previously as well, it's one of those, yeah, we do egg hunts at the church. We do. Um, so, real quick, um, this year, mm-hmm. uh Daniel's family came over to my house mm-hmm. and did the egg hunt with my coven. Right. Um, and then me and my son went to his church mm-hmm. um, for the egg hunt <laughs> at his church, which was, they're very different events. They are. They were quite amusing. Yep. Um, and because I happen to have several acres of woods, mm-hmm. um, and I have kids who will get bored picking eggs up out of the grass for right. 10 minutes and then be done. Yep. I hide the eggs in the woods. Right. So it, because we've been doing that for years, it's now a little weird for me to see people hide the eggs, like just throw them on the grass. I'm like, well, those kids are just going to pick them up in five minutes. And right. they do. And that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a... My kids spend like an hour tracing through the woods. Right. It's great. And it was. So we, and of course, you know... That was the best part. It's like they went and traipsed through the woods, and we stayed up doing jello shots. We did, which we was great. Did shots. Uh, because obviously, when you go to you know a church event, there isn't going to be any type of drinking other than maybe some communion wine. Uh, other than that, there isn't going to be any jello shots for sure. Unfortunately, because and this comes from somebody who, I yeah, I know my limits. Uh, once again, don't drink and drive. Because that's yeah. one against the law, and two, it's just really stupid. Yeah. But it's one of those. I don't do that. I know my limitations. And yeah, guess who drove when we did that over at her house? My wife. Because, because she didn't have because she, ha- she can't have the Jello shots because of the fact that if she takes Jello shots, she's gonna pass out. She's a real cheap date, which is which is excellent sometimes. Yeah. But it's it's one of those. She's a cheap date, so she knows that about herself, and therefore, she drove home, which was great for me. And I wasn't tipsy or knocking chairs over or anything else. It's just one of those, I don't, if I do any sort of drinking, I don't drive. Anyway, so that's the public service announcement there. Yeah. Now, we do um, drink alcohol at our startup. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people, growing up, we definitely did. Um, we drank wine yep. with Easter dinner. Correct. Um, even as a kid, you know, I would dr- before I was legal drinking age, mm-hmm. because it was w- the religious observance of yep. Easter, I was allowed to have a glass of wine with Easter dinner. Right, because it's just tradition. And that's the other part about, you know, the, the whole deal of rebirth and all those things that are associated with Easter is the same thing that it was associated with all the pagan festivals as well. Yeah. Because the spring is the rebirth of the earth. So there's a uh, interesting story that we like to tell um, our kids in our cabin around Astara. Um, And I'm gonna tell it to you in a second, but I wanna clarify, when we in 
in my coven and, and most pagan people, when we tell our kids these myths and these stories, our kids know that these are not literal um, accounts of things. Right. Um, so by no means do my kids think this literally happens. These are allegories <laughs> and told for a reason. But the story goes that um, a little girl was wandering in the woods, in the snow, right before spring equinox, the night before spring equinox. And she finds this little bird. Mm-hmm. And the bird is half frozen to death. Uh, and she starts crying. And she begs and pleads for any goddess or god around her to save the bird. Well, the goddess Ostara is out there trying to turn winter to spring and overhears her. And is just surprised that a girl would care so much about the bird. So she goes up to the girl, and the girl thrusts the bird in front of her and demands she save the bird. And the goddess is now a little bit confused that someone would demand anything of her. But she decides she'll save the bird. But this is not a winter bird. This mm-hmm. is not a bird that can survive the snow. So she turns the bird into something that can survive the snow. She turns the bird into a rabbit. Yep. And the girl is a bit confused, but happy that the bird's alive, and the goddess goes on her merry way and continues to do her job. But the rabbit is very confused. The girl finds her way back home, but the rabbit remembers how to be a bird. Mm-hmm. So the rabbit lays eggs. Right, when the spring comes. Exactly. Right. And the other part that goes along with that, so I've and got... that, we tell our kids, that's the Ostara bunny. Right. And uh, so Ryan Gable's Occult Arcana, which is a great book, and he has he has that in here along with the fact that obviously once the uh, the rabbit had survived, began laying eggs, then the rabbit started decorating the eggs and left them for the goddess as a sign of gratitude for saving its life, uh, hoping for a blessing as well, you know, or the continued blessing of the goddess and. As you see, of course, we still color eggs. Mm-hmm. We still have the rabbit. Actually, the one that everybody should know just about, especially if you live here in the States or have seen these in the States, the Cadbury Bunny. Yep. Right? The Cadbury Bunny, and everybody goes, well, rabbits don't lay eggs. Well, that's where that comes from. Yeah. Is that story, which now a lot of people have lost the story, but you still have the symbols. People still associate the bunny and the egg together. Correct. Especially at... Easter. Exactly. Right. Now, there's a very easy um, anthropological line to be made of why would uh, any group of people look at eggs or look at rabbits as fertility symbols? Well, well because rabbits do it like rabbits. Yep. And babies yep. come out of eggs. Right. So, there's an easy anthropological line of why these are fertility symbols. That doesn't need too much. Right. What confused me as a small child in Christianity was, what the heck does this have to do with Jesus coming back from the dead? Well, I still love, so Robin Williams, that man, of course, was a comedic genius, and he had a joke in one of his stand-ups where he talked about, yeah, the same thing. Like, you know, the kids are like, you know, what does this have to do? And it's like, well, because you can't exactly have, like, you know, uh, a play cross shooting blood out and be like, all right, we're looking for Jesus, kids. Here we go. Follow the blood trail. Like, you know, that you just, you know, it's like, mm, don't want to do that. Uh, which, uh, once again, for, 
for any any of our, our Christian listeners that are out there, I know that sounds a little blasphemous, but remember, it was a joke. Yeah. You're supposed to laugh. It's funny. You're allowed to blaspheme. Well, you know, hey, it, it happens. I, I make fun of it as well because I've I've seen what happens when you don't make fun of religion. Okay. Yeah. Mm, turns bad. But yeah, that's actually that was actually a point made in in Occult Arcana as well by Rand Gable about the phrase "mad as a March hare." comes from the fact that, yeah, it's the beginning of rabbit mating season. Mm -hmm. And so they're known specifically for their sexual exploits at that time. And And I can tell you, as someone (laughs) who lives in the woods, there are rabbits aplenty that time of year. Well, yeah. And and right now, I've got rabbits in and out of my woods like crazy. Right. And those are the rabbits that were um, made. Right, right. And the... A lot of this, of course, comes back to you have you have several different goddesses involved here. Uh, there's a connection. We were talking about this before we went on air uh, about a potential connection to Ishtar back in the Sumerian times uh, because she's seen as kind of like the goddess that's springtime and fertility. Mm-hmm. Also, people would go and hunt for her egg yeah. along the Euphrates. So the modern theory mm-hmm. is that modern Easter really comes from the Ostara and the, the veneration of Ostara or Uistra, mm-hmm. um, which is a Germanic story and myth. Right. Um, Ishtar is coincidentally, because she also represents fertility mm-hmm. and motherhood mm-hmm. and springtime, also has these very logical things associated with her. Um, so while it's and that Ishtar easily served those purposes in Sumerian and Babylonian culture, it's convergent evolution. It's not direct lineages, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, and, and that's the whole thing. Remember, people move. They migrate. Yeah, yeah. And they take their stories with them. They do. Yeah. So you have... But, I mean, yeah. if you look around the world, almost every fertility goddess... Mm-hmm is going to be associated with eggs and rabbits or some other rodent tree. Right. Um, just around the world, that's a very normal thing for a fertility goddess to be associated with. And and also spring, because spring. that's when we see right. fertility. And, and the egg, because that's especially when you start seeing new life, so to speak, or when you're creating new life. Yeah. Um, there was a reason... <laughs> there was a reason that people, especially in ancient cultures used to get married or have a marriage ceremony type deal in the sometimes later spring almost beginning of summer mm-hmm. because that's when you could take a bath because you stunk remember we're talking about you didn't have deodorant well and that's interesting that you bring it up because in a lot of not all pagans right. but a lot of pagans do subscribe to the uh, belief that weddings should only happen at Beltane or Litha Right, because... Which would be um, May 1st mm-hmm. in the Northern Hemisphere, or um, late-ish June. Right, June and, why, and why is that? Because those are the fertility festivals. Okay, and what's the point of these marriage ceremonies? Oh, to make babies. There you go, well, right. Exactly. Right, so because the other part is, usually, normally, normally, for most women, obviously... It's usually about a nine to ten month process mm-hmm. from the time that you're impregnated till the time that you give birth. Yeah. 
So if you look at it and you get married at that time, what's yeah. nine months later? Um, what's nine months later? Winter. Well, or coming out of winter, yeah. potentially, right? Yeah. Because depending on exactly when it, exactly that festival takes place, mm -hmm. more than likely you'll be coming yeah. out of winter sometimes, or it may be in winter that you have the child, but you can also have the child once again on a potential another holy day. Yeah. And therefore, give blessings to the child for its life and exactly. all that. Right? Yeah. It, there was a method to their madness. Oh yeah, there's a reason for all yeah. Of that. Yeah. It's just like, for instance, what did you say you made today? I made bread today. Right. So for, for once again, for all the folks that don't know why, go today ahead. is Lamas. Well, no, today is not Lamas. Well, Tuesday. Tuesday, is Lamas. technically. Okay. Lamas is a. Um, is the first of our harvest festivals in paganism. Mm -hmm. So I, there's a bunch of different ways to divide up the holidays in the pagan year. I divide them as three harvest holidays, three fertility festivals, and two equinox or two solstices. Mm -hmm. Or no, two equinoxes. I would say equinoxes. Yes. Yeah. Two equinox. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> she oh. doesn't have her wheel in front of her. Hang on just a second. Two solstices. There you go. Two solstices. Which are the equinoxes? winter solstice and the summer solstice. Right. Which are not equinoxes. Well, yeah. Um, sorry. No, you're, um, you're good. Yes, I was right. So two harvest, there were three harvest festivals, three fertility festivals, and two equinoxes. And the equinoxes separate the harvest and fertility festivals. So right. this is the first of the harvest festivals. It is the traditionally the grain harvest festival. Mm -hmm. um, in the area we live in, the corn is getting ready to... Um, be harvested mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of areas if you live around wheat mm -hmm. um, your summer wheat is being harvested so we what do you make out of grains often breads or bread products right so we make bread on lamas um, so lamas does come from the old English loaf mass mm -hmm. um, because the holiday was uh, again absorbed by Christianity, um, and they would have a mass right. that they would make bread. Right. So um, my next harvest festival will be Maybon, mm -hmm. um, and that will be my fruit harvest festival. Right. Um, so that's, we're going to do a lot of apple stuff. Um, and then my final harvest festival will be Samhain, and that will be the final harvest, um, right. and that will obviously be a lot of your other vegetable harvest. Your gourd harvest. Right, the gourds, yeah, because it's the late in the year and getting ready for winter. Winter, right? Exactly. And um, so, yeah. yeah, I did. I, I made bread. I make bread by hand every year for Lanas. It's just a thing we do. Yeah, and once again, for anybody that like, if you if you did go to mass or you went to most most uh, churches or whatever, you had some type of bread ceremony, uh, something that related to it. Now, however, some of them might be waiting until the beginning of August. Like, I think that's next week, I think, is when we actually are going to have a uh, full-on, like, major communion type deal. Uh, because so it, it's, once again... Loaf mass. Right. But they don't call it that, no. nor if, do they associate it. If yeah. you look at a early Christian worldview, mm -hmm. 
Um, and that's when a lot of these sort of cultural appropriations, cultural transferences happened. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at this early Christian worldview, while they were no longer celebrating the gods and goddesses of their ancestors, they mm -hmm. were now celebrating Christianity. Right. They still had to live by this very ca um, agricultural calendar. Yeah, it's hand to mouth. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you know, this year for Lamas, obviously I made bread and I'm going to celebrate the god Lunasa. Um, <laughs> or Lug, depending on how you pronounce it. Uh, That's not where we're at Lugies from, is it? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Not. Good deal. Um, he's a trickster god. Uh, so he's, he's the Celtic god of light. Yeah. Okay. He's also a bit of a... And games and tricks. Ah, okay. Hmm. Um, and so, but, you know, a Christian might thank God or Jesus for their bread. But right. it's still bread at the end of the day. Right. Well, I mean, that's part of the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Because, once again, as, uh, and we, <laughs> we do talk quite a bit off air, but the other part is, remember, you're, no matter what, you're thanking the God of light for your bread. Right. So, it, it, like, obviously, Christianity, it's, yeah, we're, we're thanking God and, and Jesus for that, but it's still the God and the Son, even though it's S-O-N, but it's still... It, yeah. So, once again, we, we come back to this whole, we've intertwined everything, right? And it's the, you're trying to make sense of, okay, hey, look, you have all these different things going on, but what is the underlying fact of what is going on? And that actually leads to, like in my case, it leads to a deeper appreciation of my faith, and I know it leads to a deeper appreciation of yours. It absolutely does. And the fun part is, we get to discuss that together, and just like, yeah, if she had brought some bread over today, I probably would have ate some bread. Yeah. I didn't make enough to share. Well, see, man. I know. So once again, being selfish, I get it. I understand. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, but I we, also will tell you that when I make bread, yeah. everyone in my ha family just like descends on it. Oh well, yeah. And that's what they're will supposed to do. Share it with that's what they're supposed to do, though. That's the whole like, point of it. Well, and it's an interesting thing. I, I want to touch on this because my kids are used to seeing bread being made in my house. I've got a bread machine. Yeah, we did too. Um, my mother bought it for me several years ago because uh, my sister and I were reminiscing about the bread machine we had in the 90s as kids. <laughs> so I have a bread machine. Um, my kids are very used to the bread machine making bread and right. having fresh bread. It's, yeah. it's a fun thing to have. It is. Um, and so my kids see me hand kneading and hand beating this bread and mixing it with my hands. Um, and I ended up taking out, taking the bread and pulling it out into strings and braiding it, almost like hala. Um, and they see me do all this, and they're like, why aren't you using the bread machine, Mom? Mm. And the answer is because I'm trying to do it by hand because I'm trying to connect with my ancestors in the process of doing this. Well, and plus you're putting your own energy and everything else rather than having the bread machine put its energy into yeah. it. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. It's just like if anybody's out there and you've made something with your own hands, yeah. even and I don't care if it looks like complete crap when you're done with it. 
if you've made something with your own hands, it means more to you than probably something that you just went to the store and got. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you put your time, your energy, your effort. There's a reason we use those terms, okay? Oh, those yeah. terms didn't just appear in the 20th or 21st century. Yeah. They've been around a long time. Yes, they absolutely have. So, same thing. No. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about some of the things we typically eat around Easter and Estara and those uh, sort of correlations. So, we eat a lot of eggs, obviously. Yeah, right. Um, we also eat uh, a lot of early fruits Correct. and vegetables. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we also eat a good amount of fresh meat. Yes. Because you have to think, they've spent months eating preserved meat. Right. So now it's time to eat that sort of leaner, fresh meat. Right. Um, so some of the things that we eat um, on Ostara are very similar, I think, to a lot of things that Christians eat on Easter. We um, eat eggs, deviled eggs, egg, are big mm-hmm. fan. people mm-hmm. are big fans of those. Um, we eat a lot of uh, fruit pies, like yep. berry pies yep. and things like that. Um salads and then we do eat things like um lamb yep and pork yep yeah every now and again uh, we'll have beef you know we'll have yep. a couple of steaks so it's right it's always a big thing about you're coming out of the winter yes and you you're of course now it's once again since we're not so much hand to mouth yeah. It is not quite the bigger deal, but it's still, like, everybody gets together for Easter dinner, mm-hmm. right? So you go over and you spend time with, well, usually your extended family. Yeah. And therefore, it's one of those you're having a connection mm-hmm. with potentially people that are soon going to be ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to, you know, they're going to pass on. Yeah. And you let the kids hang out with them as well. Yeah. You hang out with them. They also, you know, for instance, uh, with my mom and dad, there are pictures of, you know, people from the past that are still on the walls. Yeah. So you get to show the kids those. Yeah. And you get to have those connections again. So it's still the same type of tradition stuff Mm -hmm. that's going on. It's just, once again, most people don't make that connection. Oh, yeah. Well, and if you live in this modern time, especially in the U.S., mm-hmm. I like to say we live in a land of plenty now. Oh, yeah. I can get strawberries literally any time of year. Yep. Um, it's very difficult for modern Americans to, quote, eat seasonally. Oh, correct. Oh, yeah. And and don't think that I do. Um, but I like to try to on the holidays. Oh, yeah. I like to eat very seasonally on yeah. the holidays. It, again, it's a way of connecting to the past, mm-hmm. connecting to the ancestors, connecting to the earth and the goddess. Right. And the gods. Um, and so, but I think a lot of those things, you know, lamb is a very common thing to be eaten on Easter. And right. And I think, um, especially things like veal. Because yes. you're thinking young animals that are slaughtered early. Correct. Are going to be young to be slaughtered early this uh, you know around ostara and easter mm-hmm. so that's why they're you know suckling pig things like that right that's why they're eating around then that's why you have eggs and <laughs> those fruit items and i've been to min it is not an uncommon occurrence for christians to have lamb with mint jelly for easter correct right because 
the other part that goes into that is because of course you had the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. right? That's how he referred to himself uh, several times. So as well as you have the Lamb of God sacrificing himself for everybody. So you have Lamb, which you know seems kind of really interesting, but it's like yeah, that's one of the reasons that I'm sure it started. But the the other part that to point out is uh, for anybody that that hasn't read through your through the whole Bible, uh, and especially the Gospels, you notice that there was no time where uh, Jesus ever didn't attend the festivals. Oh, yeah. Right? He attended all of them, and he knew what they were about, too. Well, and if you look at, say, a modern Jewish calendar, yeah. their festivals are also very seasonally based. Oh, absolutely. Right. Okay? Um, so... There's absolutely no reason to think that Jesus did not celebrate what was similar to these festivals Correct. in his own time. Correct. Assuming that you believe he was a lot a person. Well, yeah. I do. So You do. Yeah. And it's, I believe there's evidence that someone named someone of a similar ish description may have lived. <laughs> and you see, that's the fun part here. So anybody that's listening to us, it's one of those so we get to talk about all these things and actually enjoy interacting about all this different mm-hmm. uh, the differences and the fact that it's like yeah you can actually have a good friend oh, yeah. who doesn't necessarily believe exactly the same thing you did it's oh, yeah. amazing we we have vastly different religions and yeah. we're still very good friends and are yeah. able to discuss these things yeah. and like we've said many times even in this episode, we attend each other's religious festivals, which yes. is really awesome. Well, yeah, because it's just fun. Once again, this is about, and we've said it before, this is about having fun and learning. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. Right. It's a learning process. So I watched a thing the other day uh, on YouTube about you know some of the deeper meanings behind the original movie, The Matrix. Okay. Which, of course, a lot of them you can catch anyways if you really sit and watch it several times like I have and other people have as well. But there are just, there's all kinds of, of course, stuff related to the Bible, all kinds of stuff related to paganism. There's all kinds of things in that movie. And all of it's for one reason. Free your mind. Right? They say it over and over again. What is the main city called? It's Zion. Right, the the human city, right? Yeah. Um, and it's one of those, yeah. It's called Zion. It's of course, you know, Neo is it can be re redone to the one. Morpheus, uh, Morpheus is the god of dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Cipher, who if you replace the Y with an I equals zero. So you have one and zero, which are all the yeah. the the computer codes. Yeah, it, it's all kinds of stuff like that, and. You look at it, but the whole thing is, it's just like this. Us doing this podcast, us enjoying, hanging out, stuff like that, is all because, yeah, it's about freeing your mind. You know, I read a book once, and it was fiction. I'm going to totally be honest with that. It's a fiction book, but there's a character who kept saying, always lead to the way. Yes. And there's a truth there. Yes. Um, you know, one of the most beautiful things I ever learned studying in college civilizations and, and religion was that um, 
in the early medieval times, mm -hmm. there was, and, and what we often call the Dark Ages in Europe, there was not a lot of advancements in science and mathematics and everything. Right. In Europe. But in the Islamic area, there was. Oh, right. Because there was a true belief in Islam. And right. to my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, remains a true belief in Islam, that if Allah is truly the supreme being, mm -hmm. then learning more could never disprove him. Right. So learning more about the way the body works and the world works right. and physics and math and science is just going to give you more information about the Allah. glory of Allah. Or, right. in my understanding, the universe. Now what you're talking about is true Islam. Mm -hmm. Not any of the stuff that, you know, people are blowing up each other for or anything like that. Uh, just like, you know, it, true it, Christianity is not the crusades. Yeah, it's a core yeah. fundamental. So, yeah. And, and that yeah. was always my understanding, and that's how I've always approached my religion is... Right. If what I believe and what I do is true, right. then it wouldn't be disprovable. And if it is disprovable, then it was never real or true to begin with. Right, exactly. So learning more could never... Right. Don't be afraid of knowledge. Don't be afraid of knowledge. That's either. it. Yeah. Yeah. So there is no harm in learning that the reason Christians hide eggs is the <laughs> pagan origins of right. Easter. Right. It doesn't disprove your beliefs. No. It just informs your practices. Correct. It, it's one of those, I'm not going to stop hunting for eggs. Or not let my not. kids stop hunting for eggs. That's not going to happen. Not as long as and, I keep putting jello shots in. Oh my in. gosh, you ain't kidding. Um, but... We did. It, we put jello shots yeah, in. Yeah, it, it was great. It was great. But and, that's, and we let the kids hide those eggs, by we the did. way. We, so, we handed them to the kids and were like, hide them for us. Yeah. Um, and basically it was our adult daughters that did that. But it's just, yeah. Just not adult enough to, to Not adult it. enough to drink it. Well, <laughs> here in the U.S., yeah. Um, but the other part about that is, it, yeah, it doesn't lessen my religion or my, my belief system. Uh, you know, organized religion is to keep control of the masses. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. But it doesn't harm my faith by, well, for one, associating with my friend here yeah. or other folks that are... I, it, that would be like saying that it harms my faith to go to a Catholic Mass. No. Now, am I Catholic? No. But it's one of those, it doesn't matter, right? Because ultimately... We're all focused on the same main part of that faith system. Yeah. Um, so it, do, it doesn't hurt my faith. And once again, yeah, the same thing. It doesn't hurt my faith to gain more knowledge. Yeah. Because that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. um, especially if, like I said, the goal is to free your mind. Yeah. So that way you, you learn as much as you can in, while you're here. Yeah. That's the whole thing. It's like, okay, hey. This is cool. Like, yeah, all right, learn something new. I learned something good. I learned something awesome. I learned, oh, yeah, learned that, yeah, doing that will be very bad for you. You know, that type of deal. I, so, you know, it, it's just, I, I don't know how to explain it any better than that, that you got to free your mind, right? Above all else, you've got to free your mind. Yeah. And... I'm not talking about, like, you have to abandon everything that you know. You don't have to do that, okay? No. It's 
the don't be afraid. That's the main thing. And once again, here's the funny part. It's just like with her religion, I know you've been told that. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Yeah. In mine, it says it all throughout the Bible. Be not afraid. Don't be afraid. Right? It, it constantly gets said. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It Don't be afraid. Because, yeah, oh yeah, don't get me wrong. There are times where that fear thing will keep you alive. Yeah. Okay, that's why it's built into us. But, for the most part, yeah, knowledge is knowledge should never be something to be afraid of. Oh, yeah. And if you have people telling you that, that, that oh, that knowledge, you should be afraid of that knowledge. No, 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 no. No, no, uh-uh. It's just like, for instance, yeah, I don't, I don't particularly play around with demons, right? Because yeah. it's just something I don't do. Yeah. Am I afraid of them? Absolutely not. And the, talking... Not at all afraid Talking of with you? I know that, yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. They're, they're there for their own purposes. And, yeah. Now, I'm sure there are some... Just like there's bad people, and we've talked about this before, too. There's bad demons. Yeah. There's, there's bad entities around, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't play with those people. Or yeah. entities. So, yeah. I'm pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. It, it all goes back to that. Don't be afraid. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Explore. Learn. Figure out. Talk to others. Always. And, and the biggest thing, especially here in the U.S., the biggest thing that divides us right now is politics. That's a huge one. Yeah. Okay? Because, of course, everybody's got the right answer for everything anyways yeah and because heaven forbid we actually like you know come to a reasonable conclusion that might help everybody or you know uh, compromise compromise oh heaven forbid we compromise anyways and then the other one that divides us is religion well, yeah and, and the crazy thing is that politics in this country is so informed uh, by religion too. they well that's what they they try to make that out it, trust me there's there's none of those goobers. There okay, I'll take that back. There might be a few. I'm talking like barely one percent of them that probably are in any way, shape, or form actually following whatever faith they profess. Okay. Yeah. Most of them don't because it's it's a trigger, right? It's a gaslighting. It's it's all those whatever term you want to use. That's what they're doing it for. Yeah. They're doing it so that, that way. Especially every, you know, usually four years or so. And so that way they can come up to you and all of a sudden they're not the, you know, bad boyfriend or girlfriend that's been beating on you and go, no, I really love you, baby. Come back to the house with me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, there's a really good college humor video, YouTube, once again. You go and look up college humor. It's The title of it is America is a Bad Boyfriend. And it's absolutely hilarious. They made it years ago. It's hilarious. And it, and it talks There's about truth that. There. There's oh. a lot of truth there. But yeah, politics and religion are very divisive. Yes. And they don't have to be. No. Religion really doesn't have to nope. be. And as we, I think we prove right here. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I, you know, for instance, yeah. You know, I, I like hanging out with you. Yeah. And I always have. And I think the best way to approach discussing religion is that so many discussions of religion start with some variation of you're wrong and let me tell you why. It and you can't much. ever start a good conversation that way. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So if you come to the discussion of the religion of 
would you please tell me more about what you think? Right, and also, you know... I want to know more about your thought process. Right, and why do you think that way? Exactly. Because... And not because I'm trying to pick it apart, but because I'm trying to understand you. Exactly. And if you come at it from that point of view... Like a grown adult? Uh-huh. Yeah. It, once again, this... Discussions of religion can be so much better. Oh, it... It's hugely beneficial, once again, to approach things as a grown adult, okay? Yeah. Which, uh, and you'll get no guarantees from me that you're going to be able to have reasonable discussions with other people that are supposed to be grown adults because they get so angry that you might, might, might want to ask them serious questions about their religion. Now, the same thing about their politics. You, you know, they get really upset. But if meanwhile, meanwhile, and, and here's the thing that just, and I'll go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Here's the thing that annoys me to no end is you can, I can walk up and have a discussion about well, what do you do for a living? And people will talk to you endlessly about that. Yeah. I mean, they'll tell you all kinds of details about their job Probably sometimes that they shouldn't even talk about. Yeah. But they'll tell you every single bit. Just like, for instance, you know, now, and this has gotten more prevalent here in the U.S. I know some other places you can do it as well. But, like, for instance, you can talk about each other's sex lives. Mm-hmm. And people will tell you all kinds of nasty details that it's like, okay, hey, we, I, I, didn't, I didn't need to know that deep on that, okay? It, but people just, don't want to have conversations about religion that Oh, way. Exactly. It's one of those, it's like, okay, we can have a conversation about this, and you're going to tell me your most intimate details, but yet I, we can't have a simple discussion about, oh, hey, so, you know, like, for instance, oh, so, well, why did you break bread, or why did you bake that bread with your hands? You know, or the vice versa of, oh, okay, so you guys don't necessarily have communion every single week, so why is that? Yeah. Different things like that. And you can't have a real discussion with somebody about it, but yet we can have one about job, yeah. sex, whatever else that is an easy, seems to be an easy thing, but in well, reality it's like, really? I was asked something about, uh, a question about my appearance by someone recently, and I explained that the reason I, that I appear that way is because of my religion. Oh, yeah. And they were like, oh, okay, I don't want to talk about I'm like, I'm not a... <laughs> Right? Like, I'm not going to try to convince you to appear this, to have this aspect of your appearance. I'm not going to try to convince you to do that. Um, I, I'm just trying to answer your question fully. Right. I feel like you would benefit from this amount of knowledge, but people just don't want to have that co- that conversation. They don't want to discuss their religion with you. They don't want you to discuss the, your religion with them. Right. And I just think that uh, discussions of religion can be fascinating and Absolutely. very educational and informative. Well, for instance. Like, for those of you that didn't know, potentially, where the reason that we're hunting for eggs, you now know. Oh, yeah. Same thing. It, it just like, and for instance, uh, I had asked her that question back before, well, yeah, when we were going up to do the ghost hunt, mm-hmm. and got a full explanation on exactly why it was going on, because one, she knew I, could, I would listen to her, mm-hmm. and two, it was like, oh, okay, I was actually interested. I wanted to know, because now, yeah, am I going to do that? No, but it's one of those, now I know. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. But that's that's what it boils down to as well is seeking that knowledge. Yeah. Right? 
I sought the knowledge. I knew I knew how to ask the question because once again we've been friends for years, so I don't really have to tiptoe around it. I can just ask her, yeah. and she'll tell me. It's like okay, cool. Yeah. And same thing, you know. She can ask me questions about, you know, uh, churchiness and you know all the, all the different things that go into that, and she's going to get an honest honest answer from me. I mean, we've talked about different things going on, like different discussions, different things that I've found funny that are just like, they have no clue what they're doing. Yeah. Like, they, they, oh, hey, we're going to have this big old celebration, it's going to be amazing, and blah, 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 and meanwhile, in the background, they have no idea what they're doing. Oh, yeah. It, it's like, just like the Easter egg hunt thing. It's like, they have no idea what the background is. Yeah. None. And aren't going to go seek the knowledge, aren't going to ask the questions, and are just, nope, this is, yep, this is what we do. This is what we've always done, so this is the way we do it. Like, okay. Yep. Sound. But. But. Yeah, we, uh, let's see. We've so got let's see. What up. do we got coming up? Do, 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 do. So, next week, we're going to go into one of my favorite topics, which is herbs. Um, <laughs> magical, medicinal, and other uses of herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a bit of an herbalist by practice, so I will go pretty in-depth in it. So I do hope that y'all are interested in that. Um, yeah. I uh, use some herbs that are a bit uncommon to be used in magic. Um, as well as Daniel here uses herbs in his uh, occult practices and in his Christianity in right. ways that a lot of Christians don't think to use them. <laughs> so we're going to go into that. We're going to talk about about um, probably some of the herbal uses that you may use that you didn't even realize you were doing. Right. And it's once again, it's all about the knowledge, right? Oh, yeah. So this has been Magic with a K. Once again, you can reach us at magicwithak for info at gmail.com. We do appreciate all of you for listening, and if you made it this far into this podcast, we really appreciate you. Yeah, I know we went sometimes, off on this yeah, time. I know sometimes that the material can be a little bit dry, or yeah, we do go off on tangents every now and again. I'm sure some people are like, "Oh my gosh, could they cut that?" No, we're not going to cut it. We're going to leave it in, so that way you get the real experience. So <laughs> we will, we will talk to you next time. I'm Daniel. I'm Alex. And we will talk to you probably next less week. than a week. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.